0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Steven Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. This week, Ford announced it will stop making sedans and more fuel-efficient cars in favor of its popular SUVs, SUV crossovers, and trucks. In other words, the cars that make money. Ford will also continue to manufacture the Mustang muscle car and a new Ford Focus hatchback. Some reports suggest GM is not far behind when it comes to stripping US sedans from its lineup. What do you think of this move? Do you still own a sedan or enjoy driving one? Or are you part of the ever expanding market that is more interested in large family automobiles, vehicles that can haul a lot of people and a lot of stuff? We're going to spend the rest of the time today talking about this shift in auto production and perhaps a reflection of a shift in auto consumption in this country and joining us to help understand how all of this works is Paul Eisenstein he is the publisher of the detroitbureau.com Paul welcome back to Detroit today great to be with you yeah so i i was one of the people who was taken quite aback by what ford announced yesterday not that i have strong feelings about suvs versus uh, sedans. I I I own an SUV. I own uh, a car that I guess would be called a sedan as as well. But I, I guess I was surprised because I didn't I I didn't anticipate uh, that the the cleave between those two types of vehicles was so pronounced that the automakers may now be saying it's just not worth making these these cars these sedans anymore. That is the definition to me of a car, right? A sedan. Uh, the idea that you wouldn't sell any. Give me an idea of why Ford is doing this and whether this is something that's just been coming a long time that I didn't see. Yeah, May I ramble for a couple of minutes? Sure. Okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of background on this.
1: Uh, First of all, the, the push into SUVs is interesting because, uh, yeah, the, the image many people have is of the, the big Lincoln Navigator or the uh, Chevy Suburban or the like. The reality is a lot of times when people, a good percentage of people, when they go from, say, a Toyota Camry over to an SUV, they go to a RAV4. They go from a midsize to a compact model. So people actually downsize when they go to SUVs very often. On the flip side... SUVs tend to make a lot more profit. Mm -hmm. If you look at them, they tend to be a fair bit more expensive, Uh, you know, Apple to Apple, or even Apple to smaller Apple, if you will. Um, The push is tremendous. If you include all light trucks, and that includes vans and, of course, pickups, and we've seen a big burst of revitalization in the compact pickup segment, Ford bringing back a Ranger, for example. Uh, So when you add it all up, light trucks... Account for two thirds of the U.S. new vehicle sales, market, two thirds, right. and that continues to rise. SUVs and what you call crossover utility vehicles, or CUVs, most people just say SUVs. Yeah. Okay, uh, SUVs in general, about half the market. Sedans just continue to shrink,
0: to decline. For- and what's the what's the reason for that? And and I I, I guess part of what I want to get to there is the push for f- Fuel economy is is one of the things that I think uh, is not just uh, in the industry's mind, but of course on consumers' minds. We need to talk about by, what's happening. Yeah. By you know uh, by extension, then wouldn't wouldn't the idea of only being able to choose from uh, SUVs or crossovers uh, be antithetical to that fuel efficiency drive?
1: It would have been, but um, well, let's talk. Yeah, let's let's focus on fuel economy for a second. Uh, what dry, What surprises people is that today's crossovers, first of all, they are largely based on the same platform. These architectures, that's the word the industry uses because they're very flexible. Mm-hmm. Uh, these new architectures underpin sedans as well as SUVs. So, for example, the new Prius that came out a couple of years ago debuted the Toyota New Generation Architecture, Next Generation Architecture. But guess what? It's shared by the Toyota Rav four SUV that's debuting wow. for twenty nineteen and basically the Lexus ES, which will also be offered to hybrid. Now that's a sedan, but also some of the Lexus luxury uh SUVs. Mm-hmm. So when you go to these new platforms uh, and you do things that uh, the industry's done, these multi-speed gearboxes, 8, 9, and 10 speed, and you work for fuel economy and you do all this, well, guess what? Where you might have seen an SUV uh, in mid midsize range get 15 miles a gallon and the sedan get 25 in the past, the gap has continued to shrink. You might see the gap at five or even two and even one or two cases. They're pretty much the same. And when you're talking about uh, fuel economy differences between, say, 30 mpg and 27, you add it up over the course of the year, and the difference is only maybe $150 in gas. Wow! So even even uh, by the way, that's $150 a year, based on a five dollar gallon.
0: Right, which which we are, when's the last time we saw five dollars? We never no. saw five. We yeah. saw four. Yeah.
1: But I'm 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 using that number specifically because you know production at OPEC is going down, mm-hmm. prices are going up. Go so up. even if we see this surge, if people sit down and go, oh gosh, uh, my SUV isn't as fuel efficient, and they look at a comparable vehicle, uh, the difference, and they do the calculations, they may only be saving by going to a conventional vehicle a hundred or two hundred dollars a year. Now you're coming up with electrified uh, SUVs. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, Audi's going to be launching an all-electric model. A lot of them have hybrid drives and plug-in hybrid. I'm getting a, a plug-in hybrid to play with today. Uh, so so the, the fuel economy number is getting out of the equation. The flip side is you're getting sedans that offer some of the advantages, uh, including all-wheel drive. Yeah. But that hasn't been enough to
0: keep people in sedans. Yeah. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about the future of cars and we want to hear from you. Do you drive a sedan? Are you a car lover who will never drive a truck or an SUV? Are you a car lover who made the dreaded switch to an SUV out of necessity? family or function what do you think of ford ousting it's more traditional car models Uh, stay with us and stay with us on the phones 313-577-1019 is the number as always 313-577-1019 you can also go to facebook or twitter we'll work you into the conversation we'll be back in a few minutes with more detroit today You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Paul Eisenstein. He is the publisher of thedetroitbureau.com. We're talking about the announcement by Ford yesterday that it will eliminate almost all sedans from its lineup uh, and stick with SUVs and trucks the cars that are very popular and uh, make a lot of money for the automaker. We want to hear from you, though. What do you think about that move? Do you drive a sedan, and do you want to keep driving a sedan? Uh, and Do you drive a Ford that you would like to be able to get a new model of in the next few years that they now say will not be available to you? Or uh, are you someone who has given up on the sedan and moved over to SUVs or crossovers or trucks, maybe because of family reasons or or other things. Uh, as always, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. That's three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. Paul, uh, uh, let's talk about what other automakers are up to. Someone uh, is saying some people are saying GM is not too far behind this kind of. Uh, This kind of move.
1: I'll get to GM in a second. Mm -hmm. What people may forget is that Chrysler led the move. They got rid of the the Chrysler 200, the Mm -hmm. Dodge Dart. They only... Sell three passenger car models in the United States. Now we're not talking about the Fiat brand. That's, okay, that's a quirky little. But thing. Of, of Chrysler, of, you've of, got of the, of the traditional right? American side, Chrysler. You've got the Chrysler 300, uh-huh. the Dodge Charger and Challenger. Both of those really are muscle cars right. that go up against the Mustang. That's a peculiar niche that seems to survive uh-huh. along with the Camaro and that's the like. A,
0: that's an American thing, right? And <laughs> and by the
1: way, all three of those passenger cars are produced in Canada. So Chrysler does not produce a single. Passenger car model in North America. In America. Yeah, isn't that interesting? (laughs) Now, um, General Motors, likely to be cutting back. We're going to see the Sonic go away. I wouldn't be surprised if the Impala goes away. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's been talk about a number of other models, and they continue to add more SUVs like almost everybody does. Um, The two additional electrified vehicles all electric models that will join the chevy bolt mm-hmm. over the next uh, about a year will both be suvs not passenger cars yeah and and you go on
0: and on uh you know, you know we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, about a little surprise announcement this morning yeah you said by toyota who is going sort of the opposite direction right um, somewhat
1: uh toyota today announced that they're putting 170 million dollars into their Mississippi plant to uh, expand capacity for the uh, for the um, next generation Corolla. Uh-huh. Now the Camry was their number one car forever. Forever, right? Right. Yeah. Last year it got super past, popular car. Yeah, it was uh, the number four, pass, uh, number four vehicle period in North America behind uh, three pickups, full size pickups. Uh, Camry fell off the chart last year. Rav four surged to the number four position and. Um, Camry, I think, was number six in the market. Wow. Uh, Corolla did okay, mainly because they added some more variants. Uh, but what's very significant about this is that the money they're putting into the plant down in Mississippi also will allow them to be more, quote, flexible. Yeah. What does that mean? It means that by sharing that platform, we talked about that earlier, mm-hmm. if the Corolla doesn't continue to sell well, if they they start to see sales collapse for that one, They'll be able to say produce a Rav Four or some other
0: light truck sharing the same platform. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to the phones. Kate and Livonia, welcome to Detroit today. Hello, hey, Kate. Uh, is, hi. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just calling to say I prefer driving a, a, like a minivan or an SUV because I'm short. I'm five foot two, and uh, I enjoy being up higher. I can. I feel I can <laughs> see more. I, I feel like I have a little more control. Yeah, and I don't like climbing down into a car. I like I'd rather climbing up into a car. Yeah. So, Kate, you say that's because you're short, but I am six feet tall, and I have that same that same issue, right? I like I, I drive a, a Jeep. I mm-hmm. own a Jeep, uh, and and uh, that car for me feels like it's uh, more in control of the road. It's safer. In terms of traffic, I can see more of, of everything. I'm that's not sure that's big. a height thing. No, no. It, well, it is a height
1: thing. It's a height over the road. Right, right. I mean, all you, all you need to do in a Michigan left uh, on Woodward Avenue, which I live right off of. Yeah. So I'm turning around in Michigan lefts all the time. And I may be in a sedan because I test drive everything. And I'm in a sedan. I've got a car on the traffic side that's blocking me, an SUV that I can't see over so i really notice the difference yeah. uh and part of the problem is because suvs are so commanding and they do block your view that you say god i
0: have to have an suv to keep up yeah yeah no that's right you want to you want to not be uh, in that small car uh, next to the giant one. Uh, Kate, uh, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Harry in uh, Sterling Heights. Harry, welcome. Yeah, to good morning. Guy. Good good show. I'm 68 years old. I'm a real car guy. Uh-huh. And when I was a kid, if people had a station wagon, they'd make fun of you. <laughs> now <Yeah>. what you <laughs> have SUVs are just glorified station wagons, and they all look the same. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that, Harry. I, I do agree with the idea that it is the new station wagon, right? It, it sort of replaced that... that that niche in the market. I don't know that they look all the same. I feel like uh, we're getting they a look, lot of. They look too uh, much alike. You think they yeah. do? Yeah.
1: In fact, one of the biggest things that we in the media debate all the time is will people finally just get tired of almost all look alike two box designs? <laughs> and that's what they're called, you know, as opposed to a three box, right. which is a sedan. Right. Uh, you talk to automotive designers, uh, you get them after the press conference where they told you how wonderful the new SUV is, and you talk to them, especially after a drink or two, <laughs> and they tell you how frustrated they they are. Do I mean, They feel, there's, they there's feel only constrained but by... Yeah, there's only a few ha- uh, really handsome, distinctive vehicles. Nissan's done some interesting and sometimes weird and awkward uh, models, but at least they try. Uh-huh. Uh, the new Stelvio from Alfa Romeo is gorgeous. Uh-huh. They found a formula. But all too many uh, utes do look alike. Uh-huh. And it comes down to, well, we have really cool headlights on this new model. Yeah, okay. But you still have a two <laughs> box that uh, I
0: may not be able to spot the difference as I'm driving down the road. Well, I, you know, I guess when I think of stylish SUVs, I might think of some of the Volvos, I think, I have always had that sort Volvo, of you know, uh, distinctive look. Uh,
1: oddly enough, Land Rover, which was the classic old-fashioned, right. has gone the other way with car vehicles like the Evoque. Right, uh, right. And by the, by the way, you know, I almost said car just then, and that's a very interesting thing. Well, that's uh, what we call them all. Right. Well, no matter what they are, right? Exactly. <laughs> a lot of people don't even think that I'm buying a ute. It's just my car. It's my car. And I like it because it's taller and I can climb up into it and I can see better and I've got all-wheel drive and my mm-hmm. fuel economy is pretty good and I've got the storage space and Oh, it's not a
0: sedan? Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Whatever cares, you want to call right? it. <laughs> what difference does it make? Yeah. All right. Paul Eisenstein, publisher of Bureau.com. It's always a pleasure to have you here to talk cars on Detroit Today. Great to be with you. Mm-hmm. All right. That's going to do it for us this week. We will be back next week and hope you will, too. Remember, if you had to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download it, and subscribe to Detroit Today. And you can listen to us whenever You are ready. Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber-Davis and Jake Neer. Our program director is Joan Isabella. The technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. A special thanks to Ryan Carlson, who is helping out in that capacity. Associate producers are Gus Navarro and Ziad Butch. The Detroit Today theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobian. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, community service of Wayne State University. We will see you next week.